from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be hanging out here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This week, with the with the Christmas holiday, we will be off on Wednesday the 25th, but we'll be here with you Christmas Eve morning, which is tomorrow, Tuesday, December 24th, and we'll be with you the 26th and the 27th. So make sure that you just make that note that we'll be off Christmas morning, but outside of that, we're here hanging out with you, and we appreciate you being here inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios on 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. Make sure you head over there now to get your gifts for any man, any size, any style, literally something for every man at Charney's Menswear and Tuxedos, young and old, all different sizes, regular size, big and tall, and all different styles that you have. As we know that many people have different styles. I got my own style, and you could find it all at Charney's, as well as the the wonderful warmth wear that they have, the jackets and the hats and the mittens and the scarves, all the things that we need right now and more and more of as it just, it's cold. I mean, that's central New York. That's what it is. And for people that should not know that it is cold and it is an adjustment, but when people complain about it over and over and over, I'm like, listen, this is where we live. You know, this, this is what it is. There's the North Pole and there's us in, in Antarctica, I guess. But those are the three coldest places on Earth, and you got to get used to it. So make sure that you go out to Charney's and stay warm this holiday season and beyond. 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. We are here inside Amon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factories. What's popping? And Dale Shackelford is up next on the broadcast here with us. Always appreciate having Dale on the show. A good friend of mine, somebody who I appreciate well beyond the basketball court and uh, someone who is obviously a Syracuse basketball alum. So let's bring him in and, and see what his thoughts are on this current season and so much more. Dale, how are we doing today? I'm doing very good, Dan. Just uh, hopefully it'll warm up a little bit more. I can go out and play golf today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen, Dale. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but how? I mean, uh, catch us up here. I know you and I have been talking, but it's uh, been a little bit since uh, since we've been here on the broadcast together. What's going on in life? You know, how, I know you've been traveling a lot, getting to do some cool things, and you know, having some opportunities to go see friends and whatnot. So, what's going on in the world of Dale Shackelford? Well. Um... Yeah, you know, I'm 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 enjoying a uh, a relaxed lifestyle now. You know, no stress with any any type of job or anything. Uh, I don't know if people know that uh, Roosevelt and I do a uh, a post game show on Facebook Live for Syracuse uh, home basketball games. Uh, also, I do a lot of traveling down to uh, Westchester County. Uh, my roommate from college, uh, Steve Schneider. Uh, he runs a, a nice uh, basketball program down there, and uh, you know I go down and do a little work with him, and uh, I get the chance to uh, talk and uh, you know pick um, Brandon Steiner's brain a little bit about uh, you know how to run a good business. So for you to to be able to do that and and connect with your friends and and to learn some different things, what are you enjoying about the ability to you know it sounds like you're having fun, you're getting to travel, you're getting to be around people that you care about. What can you say about, you know, kind of making the most out of it? And people talk about 
enjoying their life. They're going to do it someday. They'll do it eventually. It sounds like you're doing it now. Just just what you could say about maybe finding a, a happy medium, a good balance, and, and just what, what's been enjoyable about everything. Well, I mean, it, it's it, it's nice to, you know, be able to, uh, you know, dictate your own time and, uh, you know, when you want to do things and how you want to do things, uh, you know, not having to, uh, you know, report into anybody. Uh, you know, that that's, you know, the, the, the beauty of all of this. And, you know, just to get out and about and see uh, a lot of people that I haven't seen in years uh, from college or even from uh, my high school days, uh, I get a chance to, uh, you know, see them and reunite with them and uh, spend a little time and uh, just to, uh, you know, travel and uh, see how the rest of the country is living. For you and your travels, do you have a favorite place that you've been recently? Speaking here with Dale Shackelford, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum do you do you have a place you've gone to recently that that maybe you had never been or something that sticks out sticks out to you at this point well um i mean i, I haven't been to yonkers in years and uh, to be able to go there uh, quite a bit lately uh it, it's a lot different than i expect i mean there's always um uh you know problems in every city or whatever but i think uh, you know yonkers is up and coming uh you know it's a nice place to live and raise a family and that but uh you know i'm a warm weather guy um you know florida is always great i usually go down and uh visit with bernie fine uh, this time of year uh you know just to you know to see how he's doing to say hi and actually uh today's bernie fine's birthday so i'd like to you know if you don't mind give him a shout out for happy birthday to uh bernie fine uh, you know one of the best coaches i've ever had and uh you know also yeah you know i have a bunch of friends that are, are living in florida that uh, i went to high school with and that i played basketball with in england that have moved to florida from uh, england and that so i go visit them and uh you know i have a good time down there that coming from Dale Shackelford this morning. Hey, you said you tried to go down and, and visit uh, Bernie Fine around this time of year, and and obviously a happy birthday to Bernie. Uh, Bernie was, you know, in he he always when I came back to Syracuse and you know started to to do a few things here before I started my own company and connect in that respect when I was on traditional radio and then the transformation. Uh, Bernie was always good to me, uh, always was on the show to do interviews. It was funny because the media kind of tried to warn me and say, oh, he doesn't really talk to anybody. He's not that talkative. You're not going to get him to say anything. And, you know, we we had interviews on the phone. We had interviews face-to-face, plenty of conversation. Uh, always was positive, always always good to me, uh, close to some people that, uh, that I've been close to growing up. So uh, I do appreciate the shout-out and a happy birthday to Bernie Fine. Uh, for you to go down there, what, what – Talk to me about that connection. I mean, I know that you said, you know, one of the greatest coaches that you've had. Obviously, you appreciate him. Uh, why go down and, and continue that and to go to see him? And, and to, I know that the warm weather doesn't hurt anything, but just what you could say about your connection with Bernie and the importance of staying around and, and being in his life. Well, I mean, Bernie was always the, you know, the type of person uh, who cared about all his players. And, um, you know, he tried to you know, teach you about, uh, you know what to look forward to in life, and uh, you know what your responsibilities would be, uh, especially uh, for the guys that uh, had families in that. And to have somebody like that in your life, uh, um, you know, it, it's a great thing. Uh, you know, I mean, Coach Bayheim is great with the players and everything, and he's good with us. Um, you know, now even though we don't play for him and everything, like that. but Bernie was just that uh, special person who, you know, always took the time to try to find out what you're doing, what you're up to, uh, is there any advice I can give you on anything and, uh, you know, just to be very supportive of whatever you're doing in life.
for for you, yeah, I mean, he he's been through so much. He was through so much here at Syracuse and and and, and everything that that had happened and in the media and whatnot. How how is he now? I mean, how is he doing? How you know does does he get to live a life that maybe is less secluded now? I mean, what can you say about what he's up to? I haven't talked to him in a minute, so you know, how is Bernie doing? Well, Bernie's doing fine. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's still uh, you know doing his insurance business and everything. He still trains uh, college and professional players, uh, and even some uh, high school kids, uh, you know, to try to help them develop their game. And you know, he's he's enjoying uh, the great weather in Florida. Also, uh, you know, I mean, he'll come back to Syracuse to visit his, his children and grandchildren, but. Uh, as far as to you know, come back to the cold weather—not just Syracuse, but the Northeast. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. He's uh, you know he's enjoying himself in Florida. We look at this team and where it is right now, Dale, and they're seven and five. They've they've had to play those two bonus ACC games with the ACC men's basketball going from eighteen games to twenty. The women's basketball side in the ACC went from sixteen to eighteen. For those that that don't know about that shift as well, so they play two less, but they both added to uh, starting this season. I believe the Big Ten did that as well. Added added some more conference games. Let's start there. What do you think about that? You and I haven't spoken about that on the air to have two more ACC games, Syracuse typically playing about 31 regular season games, and the majority of them, obviously, in the ACC, they have 18 in the ACC, and then they would play 13 non-conference. Now there's 11 non-conference because the ACC has taken 20. What do you like about it, dislike about it, that Syracuse doesn't officially begin ACC play like we're used to end of December, beginning of January, where they run the gamut? Now it's happening amidst the early parts of the season, the early parts of November, and inside of December, and it's taken away some of these non-conference games. Like it, dislike it? What's your take? Well, I've never been a the you know type of person to worry about uh, you know conference games or uh, you know when we were in the ACC or the uh, ECAC and that uh, you know it's, it's more about who your opponent is and you know to have those extra games uh, in conference. Uh, to me, you know, it's it's just, it's just another game. Uh, I don't I don't see any pressure. I mean, you know, the players are going to get ready at their pace, and you know, for these guys to get into ACC play early, uh, you know, it gives you a good dose of um, you know what you you have to expect. Uh, you know, after the uh, Christmas break or, or whatever, and you know, for the for fans. You know, fans have just got to be a little patient. You know, this is what they want. You know, they want more conference games. They want better competition. And now that they have it, and, you know, Syracuse has got a very young team, and, you know, they're, they're exposed to some things that they've never been exposed to before. So it's going to be a little difficult for them right now. But I think in the long run, uh, you know, they're going to make the adjustment. They're going to start playing better. Uh, guys are going to start taking leadership roles in order to, you know, make sure that everybody's prepared for – uh, you know the conference games that are that are coming up. Uh, you know after the new year, and uh, you know I'm just looking forward to them. You know just getting better and better as we go along. You you see where the team is at right now at, at seven and five. The losses to Virginia, Oklahoma State, Penn State, Iowa. You know the, these games inside of the ACC as well as the Big Twelve and the Big Ten. Syracuse lost to their rival Georgetown as well this season. Outside of that. They've defeated the Colgates, the Seattles, the Cornells, the Bucknells at Georgia Tech in an ACC game, Oakland and North Florida. 12 games in, overall sense, what's going through your mind with this team at 7-5? and five? 
Well, I'm 100% uh, agreeable as, as Coach Ben. Is, uh, it, it's a young team. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a long way to go. I think, as I said before, you know, they're going to get better. Uh, they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. They're, they're, they should be learning from the teams that they're losing to because, uh, you know, that's what's going to uh, make them mature faster and help them understand that uh, you have to get better as the competition gets better. And all the stuff you did in high school and all the stuff you did before you got to Syracuse, you've got to put all that behind you because it's a, it's a new ball game and it's a step up from the level that you were used to playing. As this team tries to find their way and they try to get comfortable, and Bryson Goodine, obviously new to the team, Quincy Garrier new to the team, Joe Girard the third new to the team, and we don't see him a lot, but Jesse Edwards obviously is a newcomer, and John Boljak hasn't been able to play, but a newcomer as well. This team's trying to find their place. Bayheim, it's atypical that he has five freshmen on a team in a season, but that is what's happening in the here. And now, what are you seeing from from some of this growth? Are you seeing some things that are happening? Are are you seeing this team maybe turn a corner or do something maybe that they weren't doing before? Uh, how do you look at this? Because we know that fans in this world and people in general are impatient because we have a society where everything is at your fingertips. So I, I guess it's a two-parter of what do you want to say to the fans that wanted to win yesterday? And what are you seeing from the guys that are playing their first college basketball games ever? Well, I mean, you have to look at the the, the, the level of talent that Syracuse is playing and the, the team that we have. And to be all honest with you, I mean, you've got two players that actually played a lot last year and uh, Elijah Hughes and Buddy Bayham. Uh, Sabibay didn't really play that much. He was brought in and out of the game uh, with, well, I, I have to say Merrick Dolce also, but he was brought in and out of the game with that Pascal Chuku and that. And, uh, you know, in, in order for these guys to get into any type of rhythm or any type of uh, gelling situation, they have to be on the floor together. And, you know, that doesn't seem to be the case right now. I mean, you, you look at uh, Robert Braswell, you know, me, me personally, I would like to see Braswell get more time. I don't think that right now in Elijah Hughes' career that he's ready to play 40 minutes a game. I think he needs a break because uh, in some games I've watched this year, uh, you know, he's, he's not, I can't say he's lost, but he's taking that time to rest and relax. And, uh, you know, he can't really afford to do that. You know, he's got to be there and give 100% every time he's on the floor. And, uh, you know, coach has got to give him that time to, uh, you know, relax and recover so he can play hard every minute that he's out there. You bring up that point of, you know, at this point in the career, maybe Elijah Hughes not having, you know, 40 minutes out there. He's somebody that people look to for leadership. I would imagine on this team, I've spoken with, you know, uh, Quincy Garrier about it. And he said, you know, sometimes it's Elijah. Sometimes even as a freshman, he's, he's gotten the sense of it from Joe Girard, buddy. Do you see leadership? Is there somebody, I mean, you go to the games, you're there. Are you, are you getting a sense for a leader yet? Is the leader still yet to emerge? I mean, you know what it's, what, what it was like to be on your teams. You had a lot of personalities and guys willing to take charge you were in my opinion kind of spoiled it with the team that you had in a very good way at Syracuse because of that the opportunity that you had to be around the gentleman that you had and, and them to be around you as well 
Is there a leader on this team? Do you get a sense for that? Or are we still kind of waiting to see somebody take that role? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, Elijah Hughes, Buddy Bayheim, and even, uh, you know, uh, Joe Girard as a freshman. I mean, th- they're showing leadership by example. But I think sometimes these guys need a vocal leader yeah. other than uh, a coach. And a lot of times you, you can sense that with these guys because, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, there's a mistake made or something doesn't go right. They're looking to the bench for answers and stuff instead of looking to each other on the floor. And, you know, and that was a difference in when I played and, uh, you know, some of the teams in the past. You know, we had vocal leaders on the floor. We had guys that would grab us together and, you know, okay, listen, guys, we need to, you know, we need to make a change on our own. We can't look to coach to make the change all the time. And, uh, you know, we've got to be able to do this on the fly. So, uh, in that sense, uh, you know, you, you know, you need somebody that, is going to be able to, you know, make those changes and not have to depend on coach to make those adjustments for you all the time. For this, speaking here with Dale Shackelford, Syracuse Orange men's basketball, uh, Beheim made a comment here in, within the last few weeks. He, he made the statement of this team is just not good enough to beat a top 25, a top 30, a top 50 team. He had made mention of that. Now, in this most recent press conference, he said, listen, we're getting better. I'm proud of it. He, he sounded like, you know, he's seeing more. There was a more positive Bayheim with this. But when he comes out and says, I mean, this 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 was your coach. He's been the coach of so many for over 40 years. When when he goes to a post-game press conference and he says, this team is just not good enough. We're not good enough to beat top 25, top 30, top 50. What is your reaction to that? Do you do you like that? Do you like that a coach will go out and say, hey, my team's not good enough and light a fire? Would you rather him do that in private? How do you how do you look at those things? Because Bayheim has never been one to mince words, especially in a press conference. So, what's your take on it? Well, I, I don't think it matters where he says it. It's it's a point of how the players are going to react to it. And you know, he's with them every day in practice. He knows what they he wants them to be capable of doing, as opposed to uh, you know the players being able to do those things. Uh, he sees that uh, you know there's always going to be a chance where they're going to improve and they're going to you know make that adjustment and get better. So I mean, in, in that sense, I mean, I'm not in practice every day with him. Uh, you know, I couldn't answer for the players that are there, but I I can agree that uh, you know right now at this moment and when he says it, uh, you know they play as if they you know they are they aren't ready or, or they aren't that good. And you know he's just hoping that uh, you know with him saying that that he can motivate them This team has seen a lot in a very short amount of time. You know, fan-wise, some of the things that have happened, Dale. Beheim makes a statement, again, to continue with, like you said, you, you don't think where he says it matters. It's just how they respond to it, what they do with it. He said that he had to, in this Oakland game, he had to jump up and down. He said, listen, I'm older. I, I can't get off my feet that much. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he was saying, you know, the fans weren't in it. I had to get in it. And then he, you know, put out a statement afterwards saying, you know, I appreciate the fans, but, you know, my players respond to the fans. Sometimes fans show up. Sometimes they don't. When fans are frustrated in Syracuse, the football team can tell you they walk out. They leave in the third quarter with 11 minutes left to go in the, in the third quarter with almost an entire half. As a former player, when you see fans don't fill the seats, 
when the seats go down to $10 just to get people in there. When, you know, there's, there's open spaces and fans booing or fans having a mass exodus well before the game is over. I understand that that would frustrate Bayheim. It would frustrate me as a coach. It would make me upset. I don't want a fair weather city. I don't want a fair weather base. I want people that are going to be there and going to support this team because Jesus knows if they beat Duke, everybody's there. If they beat North Carolina, everybody's there. And I've seen the shift in people where I get laughed at for my support of Eric Dungey. I get ridiculed for my support of Eric Dungey. And now everybody's telling me, I wish Eric Dungey was back here. Dan, you were right. We didn't appreciate him when we had him, yada, yada, yada. So how do you look at what's happening currently with fans maybe not wanting to go to the games, maybe not supporting, maybe sitting there in silence and not cheering the team on? And obviously it got to a point where Beheim felt like he needed to say something. Well, uh, I'm probably the wrong person to ask that because uh, me personally, I, I don't play for the fans. I, I, I don't I don't give a damn about the fans until, you know, after it's over. If they want to say something to me in a positive way, that's fine. I'm there to play for my team and to try to help my team win. I could care less if there's uh, two people in the stands or if, or if there is, uh, you know, 9,000 plus that we played in that manly. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter. You know, we're playing, you know, for a reason. We're playing for each other. And, you know, the fans are just there to uh, hopefully appreciate the entertainment that we give them. You bring up a good point, you know, that you, that you play for each other. You play for, you know, what, I mean, you, you play for your brothers that are there on the court with you. And, and like you said, if somebody wants to say something positive, that's fine. We live in a world, and you know this from, you know, doing your show from, from doing different stuff with me, from just being out in the community, you know that people give their opinions and some people think their opinions are fact and their opinions are gold. We live in that social media world. You didn't have to deal with the instantaneous, I hate you, buddy Bayheim. I, I mean, the, or, or the, you know, why is, why is, Joe Girard out there, or I haven't seen what I needed to see from this, or, you know, Bayheim doesn't deserve this and that and the other. I mean, there were messages that were written about players on online, on uh, groups that I was connected to, where as an administrator, I had to remove the person and remove the comment because it, there was bashing against homosexuality. There was bash, there was prejudice, there was swearing, there was negativity, there was hatred, there was you know, the use, the, the use of words that I, I can't even say on my show because it's a family show and I won't do it just because people are frustrated and upset. You didn't have to deal with that. These guys have to deal with that. How do you see this world now? What is your take on the fact that, that we live in a society where people can instantaneously tell you their thoughts and their feelings about you? And unfortunately, Dale, sometimes people spread hate through those avenues. Well, I mean, you know, as you said, you know, this is, uh, you know the the problem with the uh, you know social media and that and yes we you know we didn't have that when um, you know we were growing up and coming through and stuff and um, you know I, I, I'm a firm believer I've, I've done it to reporters and that before um, you know if you can't be positive when we lose then don't try to be my friend when we win and you know I can I can actually speak for myself and you know and I've done things with uh, you know the teams that I've been on in Syracuse to, to say you know don't worry about the public don't even acknowledge the public you know this is all we got is this uh, 15 players and four coaches in this locker room this is all we have you know so we can't worry about what anybody else wants or anyone else's opinions we just got to worry about 
our business at hand. And, you know, some of these guys mentally aren't strong enough to, to do those things because, you know, if, if, if I see something negative or hear something negative about me or my team, then guess what? That person is not a true fan. He's not a true supporter uh, of us. They're just selfish and, uh, to what you know they want and they expect as individuals. You know, and, and, and we do. We have to we have to move forward in a positive way, and that's that's essential and it's important. And I appreciate the fact that you protect that. I think that you can have an opinion. I think that you know uh, everybody is entitled to have an opinion, constructive criticism, but. There is a way to talk to, and, and I always make a point of this, that in 17 years of broadcasting, I would like to say that if I don't necessarily agree with something or if I think that something could be better, I say it in such a way that these guys at the end of the game, I mean, Frank Howard, you know, there were days where he had good days, there was days where he had didn't have the greatest games, and I would always be honest and I was always be true, but above all things, I was respectful. And after the game, he wouldn't just talk to me, give me a hug. So, and I think that that goes a long way in this world is it's not about the story. It's about the person. And I feel like sometimes people forget that these players are people too. Well, exactly. And, uh, you know, everybody's not, uh, thick skin like I am. And, uh, with, you know, a lot of players that were there before, I'm quite sure that, uh, with guys like Coleman and, uh, you know, Owens and guys like that, uh, you know, people wouldn't, wouldn't dare come in their face and, uh, you know, say anything or even come around them if they knew that, you know, they posted something on social media. Um, you know, we, we live in a world where you, you know you hopefully that people are going to be live and direct and true to themselves before they can be true to anybody else. And you know, a lot of people like to hide behind uh, you know social media and that to you know get their points across. And uh, you know, that's just the, you know the world we live in. That coming from Dale Shackelford, Syracuse Orange men's basketball alum. Dale, before I let you go, we we look we look forward here to what is to come. We we look at the fact that there's one more game here for the Syracuse Orange men's basketball team before the new year. It's on December 28th. It's the final non-conference game. It's against Niagara. And Greg Paulus will be coming back into town, a CBA alum. He was right behind me at CBA. I was in the same class as his brother, uh, Chris. So Greg will be back in the building as the first-time head coach ever for D1, and he's with Niagara. So he'll be coming in. That's a little Central New York feel and connection. And then we step into the new year with Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. What are you looking forward to? What are you excited about? Where some people are, are frustrated with, with this team and, 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 and upset, you know, that there's, there's the other side of it. Like you said, the positive side of it, the seeing this team grow and seeing what they can do. And if you're not with them when they struggle, don't be with them when they're happy. What are you excited about as we step out of 2019 into 2020 with the current team that we have right now? Well, I, I, I can honestly say I, I think they're going to get better. And it's a point where uh, if it's going to be soon or early in the, the new year or if it's going to be, you know, later on and closer to uh, the ACC tournament time, I think they're going to get better. And, you know, fans need to be fans and not try to be uh, critics and, and not try to act like they're coaches or if they're better players. Because, uh, you know, some of you are at the age where you probably had those opportunities, but you never were able to be on this this level. And some of you were people that, uh, you know, just couldn't play the game at all. So, you know, my advice is you know, just be patient, be supportive. If you can't be supportive, then uh, stay home and keep quiet. But if you're coming to the games, 
you know, show your support for the team. Encourage these young guys because guess what, you know, uh, your comments on social media and not just, uh, you know, Syracuse fans, but, you know, and, and the country in general, uh, you know, social media has ruined all of us to where, uh, you know, we have no compassion, no sensitivity towards anything. So hopefully we can all uh, adjust and, uh, you know, make some New Year's resolutions to uh, be a little more positive and supportive of everyone and not just, uh, you know, Syracuse basketball. Yeah, coming from Dale Shackelford, Dale, in closing, biggest thing about Christmas, holiday season, what are you doing? What are you excited about? What what is a Dale Shackelford Christmas look like? The holidays look like you know is it is it just sleeping in and, and shutting the phone off because I, I'm I'm down with that too. But what what does Christmas look like for you? Well, I mean it, it's you know I'm, I'm getting older and uh, you know I don't have any children or anything. I'm in a great relationship and uh, you know right now it's all about family. You know my brothers and sisters and uh, your know, nephews and just. Uh, me personally, just uh, you know, thinking a lot about my mom and dad, who you know are both deceased. I have a sister that's passed away uh, uh, when I was uh, young, and she was uh, you know 21. And uh, you know, just thinking about those things and wishing that uh, you know we can all have that one more time together, and you know, maybe not in this life or on this earth. But I, and, you know, I, I'm hoping and I know it's going to happen, and uh, you know, just looking forward to uh, enjoying it and uh, getting on with the new year. That coming from Dale Shackelford here with us this morning. Dale, as always, I appreciate you. I thank you so much for for everything you know that you've done in, in my life and, and the friend that you've been. I look forward to being in the same room together soon. And in the meantime, you know, I do want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. And I'm sure you'll get that opportunity with those loved ones that you had. Hopefully, a a long, long time from now because I gotta I gotta steal some time with a good friend. But outside of that. I hope that you have a great time here. I hope they're with you in spirit, and and I wish you all the best in the holiday season. I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, Dan, thank you, and uh, all the best to you, and have a Merry Christmas. All right, you too. Take care. All right, bye